Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Well, hello, everyone. I'm so glad that you're listening in today because we're going to have an extremely informative show, particularly if you're interested in Alzheimer's and the various treatment options out there. Dr. James Greenblatt will be our guest. He's a pioneer in the field of integrative medicine, and he's treated patients with complex behavioral and mood disorders since 1990. As a psychiatrist, he has quite an in-depth ability and knowledge on how to treat dementia, Alzheimer's disease, etc. He's also the author of a book called Integrative Medicine for Alzheimer's, and we will be discussing his book today. So without further ado, let me bring him on to our show now. Hello, Dr. Greenblatt. Hi, thank you very much. Happy to be part of the show, Denise. Why don't you tell our audience how you got on the path that you're on today? We always find it very interesting, you know, how people choose the fields that they're in. Sure. I've been uh, um, practicing um, medicine as a psychiatrist for over 30 years. And uh, my career has been kind of defined by the field of integrative medicine. And I, I use the term integrative psychiatry. So looking at, you know, all the um, best approaches that we can do to help those with um, a mental is- illness and brain disorders. So as a psychiatrist, I've been um, interested in, in utilizing nutrition, uh, nutritional lithium, low-dose lithium, and that over the years has just um, exploded in uh, the research looking at lithium for the prevention of a whole host of neuropsychiatric illnesses, but Alzheimer's and dementia in particular. And in my world and even in the news headlines, we have no current treatment for Alzheimer's. Every drug that's been tested has failed billions of dollars later. And I felt it really important to kind of write about the science that we know for the prevention of Alzheimer's, because we know treatment has not shown to be effective. It's really sad. Uh, it's tragic. I mean, it's tragic for families and, and certainly for, for patients and for health professionals. Have you had success? Well, I, I think the, um, the the reality is that um, many patients with Alzheimer's aren't seeking treatment. So what we've been able to do is gather the scientific um, uh, research and, and put it together to develop a model for prevention. And mm-hmm. what we've had a success with, which we've been doing for many years, 
is those individuals with early onset memory decline. Um, okay. Some in their 40s, some in their 50s, to be able to kind of look at integrative therapies to kind of stop those um, cognitive deficits uh, right away. What happens when you're 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 in your 60s and this this starts? Are you able to kind of put a stop to it, or is it going to continue? Well, in the work that we do, let's say someone does not have Alzheimer's and maybe early onset memory problems, and some of it's normal aging, some of it more significant. Mm-hmm. We we help individuals look for underlying metabolic uh, problems that might be contributing. A B12. Um, vitamin D uh, are some of the most common, a chemical called homocysteine, all things mm-hmm. that we can treat if um, detected before uh, end-stage Alzheimer's. Okay. End-stage. Before end-stage. So early cognitive decline is something we treat all the time with sure. um, many of these nutritional interventions. Okay, and why don't we um, talk about those? Uh, sure. The the focus of the book is um, this element that's natural, it's in the earth, um, which is lithium. Most of the time we think of lithium as a drug, a scary drug, but mm-hmm. people don't realize lithium is a, is a natural element. It's in our soil, it's in our water, it's in our food, and it has very unique properties in the body and, and the brain. And um, for years, we've had research showing communities that have low levels of lithium in the drinking water have higher rates of everything from suicide to aggression. Higher rates of lithium in the water, less suicide and less depression. So the small amount of this nutritional lithium supplements you can buy on Amazon has been now shown to prevent Alzheimer's. To prevent the oh. cognitive decline and Alzheimer's. How small amount? Well, the the amount in the water supplies that protects against Alzheimer's are very tiny microgram doses. Some of the research has looked at uh, tiny um, uh, doses of milligrams when we give it. For bipolar illness, which for many patients, we're talking about 15 to 1,800 milligrams, 15 to 18. And there are side effects. Sure. For the nutritional lithium and the prevention model, we're talking about 2 milligrams of lithium that many people might get in their drinking water. I see. So as a supplementation, still you need to have guidance if you're going to take it. Uh, It's over the counter, and for one or two milligrams, I think it's certainly appropriate for anybody to take. Um, Beyond that, you probably should be working with uh, a professional who understands it. Yes. Okay. Good information. So let's talk more about your book. How long did it take you to write it? Well, it, it's been a work uh, in progress for, for many years. We wrote a book um, on, on lithium, low-dose lithium. Um, it's called The Cinderella Story. 
um, and just helping people understand the value of nutritional lithium. And there was one chapter on Alzheimer's, and that was a number of years ago. And as the continued failure of pharmaceutical interventions, mm -hmm. billion-dollar investments from drug companies, one recently um, by a big uh, biotech company, that I just felt it was important to take that one chapter and you know make it into 15 chapters of how we can um, understand one what happens in Alzheimer's disease and what are our models of prevention. I, yeah, I let's think talk the most about what happens. Let's talk about yeah. what happens with it. I think I, that I think would be very helpful. The message in the book, which the Alzheimer's community and the researchers are quite clear about now, is that the development of Alzheimer's occurs over this 30 or 40 year time frame. So it doesn't just happen. So since we understand that the, um, the, the hallmark neuropathology, what happens in the brain of Alzheimer's patients, occurs very slowly over long periods of time, that we now can understand that there are many areas of intervening, modifying these risk factors. And that's the core piece of the book. What can you do during those 30 years that Alzheimer's might be developing? And we go through, uh, in addition to nutritional lithium, the other nutrients that are part of that risk factor. Yeah. But you, you talk about the core, the core skills that um, are impaired in, say, dementia. And these are the things that you know, we could, I believe we all should be aware of um, short-term memory, judgment, problem-solving, communication and language, ability to focus and pay attention, and visuospatial perception. Uh, visuospatial perception, yes. So disorientation yeah. around, yes. And I, I think the course and, and the symptoms uh, vary slightly. The... Um, Progressive stages are, are quite real and frightening, and they occur at different rates with different people. Age sure. of onset is different, um, but the kind of memory and, and the distortion and the cognitive impairment um, really uh, takes its toll to a, a very profound uh, inability um, mm -hmm. for any cognitive function. And then with Alzheimer's disease, there's basically five stages. And, yes, correct. And then uh, a, a person that that is suffering from Alzheimer's that's been diagnosed uh, lives eight to ten years after diagnosis. Why is that? And, and that's the average. We all have stories, and we know people that... Um, have lived without any cognitive um, functioning. Uh, their body keeps going for 10 or 20 years. So those are just averages, and there's a whole host of um, uh, medical complications in terms of um, uh, reasons for uh, death from infections to other cardiac and kidney and, and numerous other problems. But it's usually a... Um, a really protracted um, physiological um, 
downward spiral that results in multiple um, causes for death. Is it that the brain's just not um, controlling these areas in the body? I mean, why, why, let's just say, in an average 8 to 10 years life expectancy? Is it because they get an accident or, uh, or they don't uh, remember yeah, to take no, their not, medications? Yeah, it's not necessarily um, the, the brain unable to control any physiological functions. I think it's probably more of a reflection of the, the breakdown of the, the body um, from some of the inflammatory processes that contributed to Alzheimer's in the first place. Oh, okay. So inflammation, which is, yeah, mostly cause of disease. That's interesting. I'd never thought of it yeah, that I mean, way before. So it's really, I mean, the, the, the leading cause of death are, is um, oftentimes uh, pneumonia, um, but, you know, they're, they're not as careful about infections mm-hmm. and um, malnutrition, eating stops, dehydration, um, kidney disease, a whole host of, of medical complications that take place um, during this um, process. Oh, so sad. It is sad, but if we take a kind of prevention model and we kind of stop spending billions of dollars trying to treat end-stage Alzheimer's, I think it's, um, it's quite optimistic. And that was part of the reason that we, we decided to write this book, um, because if you read the, the message, is that there actually is something we can do about it, and it's prevention. And it's not complicated. No, I mean... Uh, having a healthy lifestyle, of course, is good for a lot of reasons. You know, if you're eating well, you have good nutrition and you're exercising and you're not abusing your body with alcohol and drugs, etc. Um, those are all very good things. But I assume that even with that, there are certain people that um, still suffer from dementia. Is, is that so or not so? Yeah, and that's that's why the um, you know the healthy lifestyle is, is important. Certainly, exercise and diet, but you know there are individuals that um, have very low uh, B12, and they could be in the perfect diet, but that would be a risk factor that can be treated. Someone might have very low levels of vitamin D, but they might eat the perfect diet. That's a risk mm-hmm. factor that could be tre- um, treated. So we can't get too complacent on we're we're going to yoga and we're going to the gym. We're not going to get Alzheimer's. Um, Part of the core um, focus of of this book is is looking at an individualized approach, getting some of these basic nutritional tests done because it's unrelated to lifestyle. If someone has a genetic difficulty absorbing B12 and might need higher amounts. What kind of tests would they get for, to check their B12 levels? I know I know about the blood test for vitamin D. I'm just not sure about the B12. Yeah, I mean, I, the most important test 
we look at is a, a measure of something called homocysteine, um, which is amino acid in the blood that, if it's elevated, is actually doubles your risk for Alzheimer's disease. So if we know that it's elevated, it's very easy to treat. So the test we're recommending is homocysteine, vitamin D, and vitamin B12, as well as um, folic acid. Okay. So the doctors would have to run those. Yeah, most of them are routine, and insurance would cover it. And I think that the vitamin D. In their 40s. Yeah, yeah. I think vitamin D is is fairly routine and covered, but I'm not sure about the homocysteine. Um, that can be um, some labs. I will question it, but if anybody has any kind of risk factors that they typically will cover it because it is a very, very significant marker for both stroke, depression, but now we know Alzheimer's. Hmm. Interesting. So a patient would would uh, ask for homocysteine, or is it called something else in the blood work? No, it's just called homocysteine. Okay, so it is called that. I seriously don't think I've ever had that test, and I've had so many. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's you know one of the four or five critical ones to to check, and you know it's usually normal. But if it's elevated, then then we know we got to bring it down. And you bring it down with vitamin B six, B twelve, and folate. Okay, gotcha. So, what else would you like to discuss about? Um, Know, any specific areas in the book? We've talked about diet and obviously risk factors, nutritional support. Um, there are other supplements that, that we, we talk about because, and, and there are many out there, and the FDA is actually um, being very aggressive about claims from supplement companies because um, mm-hmm. you know dementia and Alzheimer's obviously is something that people are desperate for, but we have found that the research on on um, curcumin um, as an anti-inflammatory and antioxidant a supplement is is quite well established, mm-hmm. as well as um, antioxidant uh, properties in um, what is uh, the chemical is is called OPCs, but what's in blueberries and green tea mm-hmm. and grapeseed? So these um, bright color uh, OPCs is the chemical has also been shown to um, significantly enhance a brain function. Mm. Talk about B six too. Uh, B six is uh, critical for. Um, making all these neurotransmitters in the brain so individuals can kind of focus and pay attention. So that's also mm-hmm. very important. Right. And that's in fortified breakfast cereals, bananas, chickpeas, potatoes, and chicken. Right, right. And vitamin D deficiency. It's interesting. Um, do you follow the actual levels 
and what is uh, vitamin D what is, is really yes, important. Yeah. What what's considered normal versus what's what's not at what range in the in the blood? Is it thirty or is it sixty? Well, I think that the most laboratories use a number around thirty two and above to be normal for vitamin D. There are other doctors who saying you need levels of fifty to hundred. Uh, and I experienced that uh, you know we tried to get levels between forty and fifty. Okay. We've had um, patients with early onset uh, dementia who's had uh, levels of 10 um, oh. and, and even higher. We had one person with undetectable vitamin D. Oh, no. Um, but I, I think it's very, very um, uh, easy to test for and very yes. simple to treat. Yes, very much so. I agree. How about any? But, you know, not everybody is. Um, uh, not all doctors are. Um, you know, they are getting the testing, and some patients are requesting it, and then those doctors that are getting the test are not necessarily um, supplementing as aggressively as I think someone might need to. Oh, that's too bad. Huh? Yeah, they just might look at the lab report and go, "Oh, they're within range. They're fine." You talk about NAC. Yeah, that's one of the other nutrients um, that we talk about. It's called the N-acetylcysteine. If you, um, uh, it's one of the nutrients that um, there's a lot of research on um, in the psychiatric community and research community. When you say things like double-blind placebo-controlled trial, uh, that that's the gold standard. And NAC has been. Um, um, shown to be helpful um, mm-hmm. for uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. Again, uh, multiple um, reasons in terms of its effect on brain function, increasing uh, some of the major antioxidants in the brain to help with those inflammatory processes um, associated with Alzheimer's. Well, let's get back to lithium. If you find that you have a patient and you decide to um, prescribe this, how long does it take to actually see positive results? Well, I I think um, I've been using lithium for over 30 years. For some symptoms like irritability, um, in particular uh, aggression, mood changes, you know, we can see results in a couple weeks. Uh, in terms of cognitive decline and dementia, many patients um, would need to take it for 12 months. Okay. Some of the positive research studies uh, were actually 15 months. Again, giving oh. it to patients for six to eight weeks with very um, significant dementia problems, you're unlikely to see a difference you know, very quickly. So mm-hmm. it takes time. That's mm-hmm. why early of the better, but um, the the low-dose lithium positive study started to make sense when it was 12 weeks, and the best study was when it was actually 15 months. So nutritional lithium for uh, Alzheimer's 
um, if someone does have cognitive decline, it is um, uh, you need to take it uh, for a period of time. Now, does it interfere with other medications? Because you know as well as I do that that the average senior is on at least five different medications. And not the nutritional lithium, absolutely not at all. Um, we don't need to do any testing or blood testing. Um, if you get higher doses on lithium, then absolutely um, you'd want to look at I- interactions, but not the nutritional lithium. Uh, we don't need to get blood tests, and there are no significant drug-drug interactions. Okay. And uh, listeners, we're talking about over-the-counter that you would purchase at your local drugstore or um, you know, um, nutrition uh, supplement type store. Yes. Have you have and, you run across any specific brands that that you use that are are uh, better than others? The nutritional lithium. Because um, there there is a, a brand that um, with some of the a combination of a number of the nutrients that we discussed in the book they developed. So it has the folate B12 and low-dose lithium, and that's called Luma. And Luma for Life is the website. Luma for Life. Is that L-O-O-M-A or L-O-M-A? Uh, L-U-M-A. Oh, L-U-M-A, Luma yes. for Life.com. Well, that's really good. good to know. Yeah, it's a great uh, website with lots of the research um, to help people understand why um, prevention is such a powerful model. If somebody's worried about dementia, Alzheimer's, family members with dementia, Alzheimer's. Yeah, and um, just for everyone's information, in the back of his book, which, again, we're talking with James Greenblatt, and his book is called uh, Integrative Medicine for Alzheimer's, uh, the Breakthrough Natural Treatment Plan that prevents Alzheimer's using nutritional lithium. Uh, in the back of his book, he actually has an action plan, which I find to be very valuable. Uh, he literally lists the supplementation and the dosages and uh, different companies, etc. will save you a lot of time. So is there anything else that you'd like to add today? Well, I think we, you know, we said it a couple times about um, everyone's different, so it's hard to just read about a right. supplement and take a pill because the marketing company has a pretty brochure. But the science is such where there are some simple blood tests um, that you can do to, to kind of understand if there's risk factors. And as much as, you know, I focus on the nutrition and the biology the kind of lifestyle things that you had mentioned earlier, exercise and diet is just as important. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, what we're all finding out is the relationships we have with other people. So connecting with other people has been a really important part of healthy aging and minimizing some of the cognitive um, deficits. Mm-hmm. Do you have a website of your own that you would like um, our listeners to go visit? And uh, sure. My, my book page is um, jamesgreenbladmd.com. 
And where can they purchase your book? And, um, you know, the book is on Amazon. Um, so that's the easiest place, I guess, to purchase it. Okay. <laughs> uh, like everybody's, right? Right, right. Mm. Well, thank you so much for visiting with, with us today. It's been a, some great teaching moments here. <laughs> um, and again, I encourage everybody to, um, you know, confer with their their own doctor relative to, you know, whatever treatment plan is is right for them. And um, get his book. So thank you so very much. Great. Thanks, Denise. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. That wraps up our show for today. Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another wonderful guest, another learning moment. Until then, please be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?